Have you noticed that every single Monday and every single Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Clubhouse, we always have something interesting going on, always have compelling guests, always have great subjects? No, that's right. Tell your friends in radio, audio, and innovation, welcome to the Radio Rally on Clubhouse. This is our Monday night event or Monday afternoon, depending on where you're listening, because it is coast to coast and everywhere. What? you are about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving good advice, and sharing stories of some amazing radio people and also uncovering the path forward in radio right now. Today's live event will be a podcast called The Encouragers, the Radio Rally Podcast, and will be available soon after the end of this live event, wherever you get your podcast. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events at JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. Meet our guests live on Clubhouse or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a thing. We actually have two podcast, the Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast and the Encouragers the Radio Rally Podcast are both on Apple, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you get your podcast. You can go back and get our whole archive. There are really great shows for you. Today, October 18th, where has this year gone? Mike Biddle, who is the program director and afternoon host of 94.7 QDR, Curtis Media Group in Raleigh, North Carolina. He's going to be joined right on this live broadcast by Bob Quick, who is the Senior Manager, Radio Partnerships with Motor Racing Networks. I feel like I kind of have to say that in a racy sort of way. But of course, before we get started with our guests for this live event right now on Clubhouse, don't forget next Monday, October 25th. You know, we're always trying to encourage you, right? So who do we have for you next Monday? Next Monday, October 25th, Erica Farber, who is the president and CEO of the Radio Advertising Bureau in Los Angeles, California, will be live on this program. See all of our guests. We keep updating those. By the way, I think that goes through December now. It's really cool. You've got to check out our guest calendar in the free blog section of our uh, RainmakerPathway.com. We do have encouragement there also for on-air and promotions with our more than live and local guest series and even more encouragement for local sellers with our Encouraging Sales Success Series, as well as free resources for anyone in the radio business today. We do not lock away anything on our site the way some consultants do. We do this because we believe in what we call the theory of abundance. Ask me about it sometimes. I'd love to share it with you. So go to RainmakerPathway.com anytime. See what you can get from our team for absolutely free because, well, you can. And of course, please follow anyone on our stage at this event. Look around the room to see people you also might connect with tonight as well. We are here to encourage you in your broadcast career. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. Higher ratings are not a mystery. It's a practice. It's what we do. Our clients love our exclusive products like our Music Lab, which prevents music drift, our Branding Candy, which hyper-focuses your brand images for success, and our Morning Show Fame Development Coaching that puts the accent and the action in the right place to create correct audience consequences. I like to call that higher ratings. If you know somebody who's having a little struggle, they need a little help, have them reach out anytime, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Let's check in with Heather Froglier from K-Frog. Heather, how are you? I'm doing good. Just got back from Nashville, kind of getting the, I'm, yeah, getting I know. the week caught up that I was out, but happy to be home. Well, it's kind of a happy thing to have to catch up after this. I, You know I've got questions. You're now officially in the Country Radio Hall of Fame. Yeah. I, watched your, I watched your acceptance speech, and it showed exactly why you should be in the Hall of Fame. Congratulations, you earned it. I, here's something that all of us who don't have the trophy, mm-hmm. I guess you call that a trophy, right? Would you call that a trophy? Um, it's kind of like a plaque, a giant plaque. Yeah. yeah. So here's what, here's what I want to know. How how heavy is that thing? Because you, you did have a little moment. <laughs> it is heavy. It's 
oh gosh, it's probably about 10 pounds. I should have put it on a scale before this, but um, I did take it home. I was not expecting to take home that large of a, a plaque and I put it in my suitcase and just a few minor scratches. Oh, you're so brave. I know. I probably should have had it mailed, but you know, it's, it's beautiful. I was really, really touched by that. It was a amazing event. Still can't believe I'm, I'm in that, you know, esteemed group of folks and I'm um, just really blessed. It was a lot of fun. Now, I, I happen to have followed your journey back. And so I know that it was like, mm, you know, super fun, lots of delays and that kind of thing. You know, <laughs> you could have had that plaque with you and shown everybody, hey, don't you know who I am? Get this plane <laughs> here right now, right? No, no, I'm not that brave. That's just not your way, is it? You're always no, so really. positive and helpful. <laughs> All right. So you've got a great guest for us, don't you? I do. We have our senior manager, radio partnerships and motor racing network, Bob Quick, ladies and gentlemen, or should I say boogity boogity, let's go racing, boys. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. We got a big it. track out here in Fontana, the Auto Club Speedway. So Auto I, Club Speedway, yes. Yes, I dabble a little bit in NASCAR, but you know what? We like to go back on the encouragers before we go forward. So, Bob, tell us how you first got involved in the radio business. So it's uh, kind of funny. Until about 1978, I wanted to be a, uh, a veterinarian. But this <laughs> funny little TV show came out, and they were having way too much fun. And I thought, I want to do that. And that was WKRP. Only I didn't want to be, uh, for some strange reason, I didn't want to be Dr. Johnny Fever. I wanted to be Andy. So I uh, went to college and uh, television radio and, and at Ithaca, New York, and Ithaca College. And... Um, Kind of started my career there, uh, on air, programming, operations, sales, consulting, and now where I am at, at Motor Racing Network. It's been a cool journey. Out of all the things that you've done in radio, what was the most um, creatively fulfilling for you? Uh, this, people are going to say say I'm crazy on this on this uh, on this uh, uh, show, but uh, of sales because. Really? Yes, because um, I was lucky enough to sell for an independent broadcaster who sold ideas. And um, it, it, programmers come up with ideas all the time, right? So it, if you come up with the idea, it's easy to sell it, right? So that's what I, the most creative part of my journey was definitely local face-to-face -face radio sales. Wow. Here's a great quote about you. I like this. I want to share this with, with everybody. Bob Quick lives up to his name. He has the natural ability to quickly grasp an understanding of any business advertising need and make the most effective ad to boost their business. Bob is smart, has a great sense of humor, understands business, and is a great father. The kind of guy you want to partner with to help increase your sales. So, Bob, what makes a good radio sales executive in our business today? Well, first you have to, you know, know the right people to write quotes like that about you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Lloyd, the checks in the mail. Yeah. Um, I think it's just the willingness to learn and to evolve. Um, when it comes to sales, you know, you have to be willing to learn what your what your clients' needs are because uh, you know there's no such thing as one size fits all. Um, you know, when you, when you think about advertising on the internet or, um, in the digital world, um, you're pretty much put in a box. It's, it's really a one size fits all thing where when you're doing face to face sales, um, uh, on, a, on the local level, you really are selling those ideas. Um, and you have to be able to evolve with the industry. You know, you have to be able to, um, uh, to know what that next thing is and what that next hot button is that you can go out and, and pitch and, and, and sell. Yeah, I have to say that's one area I have not dabbled in. I think because, I don't know, the fear of rejection. I don't know if I'd be tough enough to handle that. You know, if somebody says, no, I'm not interested. <laughs> well, every no leads to a yes. And um, the key is to, to come with something because you've done your homework. Mm -hmm. to come with something that you know that that they're going to want 
Um, and then you just every every little yes when you talk to him about it. What do you think about this? Yes. What do you think about that? Yes. Don't you think this could happen if we did this? Yes. And then pretty soon you're getting the big yes at the end. Yeah. Um, but yes, you have to have thick skin. Um, but I think you have to have thick skin as a programmer too. I mean, those you know if you're if you're in a, a PPM market, you, you know you're getting those numbers quite often. And they're not always good. You got to be ready for the down books just as well as you're ready for the up books. So yeah. um, everybody in this industry, I think, has tougher skin than they think that they really have. Mm. We've seen it in TV. People, you know, watch sports events live. NASCAR is fast moving. It's high drama. It's always had this element of danger to it, which we love. In your opinion, what are the keys, you know, to a large radio audience for NASCAR? Well, it's really the growth of the sport. And um, we had a huge boom in the mid-90s to about 2005. Um, and that was with the with TV, network TV jumping all in. You know, so we had a bunch of casual fans getting eyes on the sport. Um, but with changes in television and changes in the media landscape and uh, just our time, you know, think about what's happened with youth sports over the last 20 years. Um, there seems to be a travel team for every sort of sport, you know, so um, it's the key is growing the sport. And one of the issues that we had and has really been addressed over the last 18 months to 24 months is 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 stereotypes. And uh, I was meeting with a couple of years ago, I was, and they put it quite succinctly, I thought, meeting with a couple of guys that, that Mike knows who's coming up here from uh, Curtis Media, Don Curtis and Trip Savory. And they said, you know, Bob, I think the biggest issue with NASCAR is that they have a stereotype problem. They have a, 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 uh, an image problem, much like country radio did about 20 years ago. You know, NASCAR isn't the backwards, hick, redneck people that you think it is. Um, it's blue collar um, people with, um, you know, that are hardworking and and uh, probably from a small, you know, smaller areas or suburban areas. You know, it's not necessarily a metro sport like uh, like stick and ball sports are. Um, but the sports really addressed those stereotypes in the last, um, like I said, about 24 months to two years. Um, kind of advanced with the pandemic pretty quickly with the banning of the Confederate flag and its stance on the social justice movement um, and diversity initiatives that the, that the sport's been doing actually well before the pandemic have really started to pay off with people like Bubba Wallace being one of our, uh, one of our best known drivers in the sport and, and others behind the scenes that have um, graduated from that diversity program. Yeah. I think you answered my next question for me, which were, which was who are the listeners of NASCAR on the radio? Well, yeah, like I said, it's a, it's always been a suburban and a rural sport. I always call it, I always call our listeners and our fans, people with a blue collar sensibility. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of the same um, lifestyle and assumptions that we make with a country music listener. In fact, you know, over half of our, our, of our affiliate base of 500 radio stations are country music formatted radio stations. Mm -hmm. um, it's how the, it's how the network was built. Um, we've been around for 50 years. Um, and at one time it was the only way that you could follow the sport. So we did really well with these um, rural and suburban country radio stations. Cause once again, um, you know, it's this blue collar sensibility of uh, you don't necessarily have to work in a blue collar job, but you the person enjoys the outdoors. It's faith. It's family. Mm -hmm. It's uh, do it yourselfers. Um, people that, you know, are homeowners that don't have any problems with painting a wall or mowing the yard. Um, and that's, <laughs> you know, it's it's like I said, it's that I like to call it that blue collar sensibility is our is our main uh, fan base. So tell us what is Motor Racing Network? So give us like your elevator pitch about what y'all do. So, it, like I said, we've been around for 50 years, long before television ever jumped on board the sport. Um, at one time, it was the only way that you could follow it um, without going to it, your local track. Um, we're the largest independently owned sports network in the country. 85% of our affiliates are independently owned broadcasters, too. Um, we understand um, their connection as a local media source to their listener and their advertiser. 
And we're unique to other syndication because we're not a 24-7 format or a day part show. We're actually additive to their rev- to their revenue. Uh, many times stations, you know, they'll add syndication because they, they have to make a tough choice and cut costs. And that choice to add that syndication doesn't always equate to revenue. Um, the ad- audience that we bring can bring a second demographic to sell for your radio station beyond your typical format. Um, and NASCAR is a natural fit for an annual package um, that people are finding harder and harder to sell because of it. it's, it's an 11-month season. So it really lays out nicely for, for an annual package. Uh, NASCAR fans, uh, uh, the biggest strength when selling is their extreme loyalty to the sport. And on average, they're 20% more loyal to NASCAR, the sports sponsors, than any other sport. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, 51% of all NASCAR fans specifically feel that they, when they spend money with a NASCAR sponsor, it allows them to contribute to the sport over and above buying tickets and merchandise and, you know, following on social media and doing all the other things that, that they do to be engaged with the sport. Yeah. That's absolutely something that I feel like I've experienced, you know, locally here in, in Southern California. I was kind of big into NASCAR for a while there with my um, my former husband. And, you know, I, I was all about Mark Martin, the Viagra car and all that. Stuff. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But you'd buy the cups, you'd buy the, you know, the jacket, the shirts. And it, that's a big part of. I, I always team. tell people, yeah, I always tell people you go to a football game or you go to a baseball game. The biggest logo on the jersey is the team's logo. You go to a NASCAR race, the biggest logo on that shirt or that jacket or whatever it is, is the sponsor logo. Yeah. <laughs> you you got to be all in in the sport to wear M&Ms across your chest. Yes, yes. And I wasn't ashamed to wear the Viagra thing around. I, <laughs> I just thought it was a great color scheme and I love to Mark Martin. So great <laughs> tell driver. us something that we might not know about NASCAR today. Well, Pitbull, you've, you've heard of Pitbull. Mr. Worldwide. He is an owner in the sport. Nuh-uh. Yes, he is. He owns a company by the name of Trackhouse Racing and Daniel Suarez, the only foreign-born driver in the sport. From Mexico City, Mexico, Daniel Suarez is his driver. That is crazy. See, fun. Michael fact. Jordan. Yeah, Michael Jordan is a new owner in the sport. Just joined up with Denny Hamlin, one of our longtime stars, to start a team. And that's who Bubba Wallace drives for. Oh my gosh. The only African American in the sport. And the first one to win a NASCAR race in like fifty seven years, just a couple of weeks ago at, at Talladega. Yeah. Saw that. So, so the whole demographic is changing, right? I mean, the demographic of the United States is changing. And, mm-hmm. and, and if we don't change with it, we're going to be left behind. True, true. So you've been the senior manager, um, radio partnerships at Motor Racing Network for about six and a half years now. Are you surprised that you ended up being associated with NASCAR? You know, I grew up about an hour from a track by the name of Watkins Glen International in upstate New York. It's hosted a NASCAR weekend there since the mid-80s. I graduated about that time from high school, and I didn't even know it existed. I was a stick and ball guy. I got my first full-time radio job in a little, little market in upstate New York by the name of Elmira. And that happens to be the home radio market for Watkins Glen. And I just learned about it through osmosis. (laughs) And before I knew it, I was this huge fan. Um, When the, like I I like to call it the traveling circus of NASCAR comes to town. uh, It takes a little tiny town, Watkins Glen, on the uh, southern tip of Seneca Lake in upstate New York, a town of a 2,000 people, it turns it into the fourth or fifth largest city in the state with over 100,000 people there. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I would not have guessed that I would have ever ended up working with or for NASCAR. Um, but, you know, it's two of my passions in one. It really is a dream job between oh, yeah. radio and, and NASCAR. That's awesome. So, 
I guess we'll call this our speed round of questions. Okay. How many NASCAR tracks have you been to in your time with Motor Racing Network? So I, my job, I don't travel. I'm an office guy. Okay. Uh -huh. the, 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 the cool people on the radio, they're the ones that travel all over the place. <laughs> um, I've actually been to more tracks as a fan than I have for work. I've, I'm at 14 out of 24. Nice. I added two this year that I'd never been to, Bristol and Pocono. What's one other one you haven't been to yet that you're dying to go to? Uh, Auto Club. Uh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been to Phoenix, so I almost made it. Auto Club is like, I don't know what you call it when the, the track slants. You know what I'm talking about? The, the banking. Yeah, the banking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some good banking there. Yeah, wait till you wait till you see what they do to it. They're going to turn it into a sh short track. It's going to be awesome. Oh my goodness! Have you personally driven on any tracks? Yes, um, I've ridden with uh, Rusty Wallace a number wow. of times. He works with us. He's one of our uh, he's our lead analyst um, and works probably um, two thirds of our season with us. Um, after all, he is a retired driver. Mm -hmm. um, I've ridden with him at Phoenix at Miami Homestead and there's one more Kansas and uh, I realized that I don't like to go that fast in the car <laughs> um, but the only one that I've actually physically driven on myself is Watkins Glen and it was in a sponsor's Corvette Elm Chevrolet out of uh, out of Elmira New York it was the most thrilling and nerve-wracking uh, situation ever because here's this you know fifty thousand dollar car i'm driving and uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm going too fast so little anxiety there exactly. what is your favorite nascar track you have to pick a favorite so well my absolute favorite is Watkins Glen. it's my home track and um it's like watching a uh, nascar race in a state park it's absolutely beautiful the finger lakes one of my favorite places on earth um, but I, I really like Talladega. If you want to look at the big fast track or if you want to look at our little tiny short track, Martinsville, just a two, uh, about two hours for me here. Uh, I'm in Concord, North Carolina. Oh, wow. And do you have a favorite driver? Like a lot of people, my favorite driver was Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yeah. Um, but he retired a couple years ago. Um, I, I Being as close to the sport I am, I actually cheer for quite a few. Um, probably the one closest to my heart is Corey LaJoy only because I know him a little bit personally because he used to come into the office before COVID and record a podcast called Stacking Pennies every week. Wow. If you had a dream job in racing, aside from the broadcast side of it, we're talking like on the track, what job would you want to have? Flagmen. They're on TV all the time. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the pace car driver. Pace car would be good. I'd be a little yeah. nervous about the pit crew. You know, the guy who does the tires and the gas and that's <laughs> tough. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we talk a lot about mentors um, on the encouragers and the radio rally. Do you have a mentor that you could share with us and maybe give an example of somebody who's really changed your life? Yeah. One of my um, former uh, general managers by the name of Greg Delmonico, he's actually uh, the namesake of my son, Gregory. Um, he really took me under his wing, uh, you know, geez, 20 years ago now and, uh, taught me a lot, not just about radio and management, but also just about being a man. Uh, my dad would be the other one. He's the other one that taught me how to be a man. I, you know, I couldn't not mention him, but, uh, but Greg was, uh, was a really good mentor when it came to the radio industry. That's awesome. And you named your son after him. Yes, yes. Uh, sadly, we lost Greg um, quite a few years ago, but uh, but his name lives on because of my son. That's a huge compliment. Let's talk about selling NASCAR, uh, your radio partners. What do you feel is the most effective way of selling NASCAR today by local affiliates today? Well, you know, when it comes to selling, it's about filling a need. Uh, and in the case of advertising, it's, it's it's a lot of times it's a need that business owners don't even know that they need. Mm -hmm. So you need to you need to be able to to prove your to to prove yourself and provide re results. So if you know the lifestyle of your client customers and it matches up with you know that blue collar sensibility that I was talking about with NASCAR, mm -hmm. um, there's no way it can't work. The only way it can't work is if they don't do enough of it. 
And that's one of the one of the ways that advertising fails everywhere is that you don't spend enough and you don't do it long enough um, because it will work. Advertising's worked. I mean, everything that we buy or use is advertised somewhere. (laughs) Although people, they wouldn't spend the money on it if it didn't work. Right. Right. So my final question for you, Bob, is what excites you every day when you wake up? What, what is something that you just can't wait to do every day when you get out of bed aside from coffee? (laughs) Well, you know, I, I'm, uh, I, I am, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in, uh, in my savior. So I spend time in the Bible every morning. Um, I think I've read it every morning now for three and a half years. That's awesome. Um, and you know, spending time with my family, those are the two things that really drive me the most, Mm -hmm. um, because everything else will work out if you get those two things straight. True. Positive attitude. That's what it's all about. And that's why we have the encouragers here. It was great to get to talk to you and pick your brain a bit about NASCAR. I'm going to go now pick a new driver and get some new sponsored merchandise. (laughs) Well, you're you're not going to go wrong if you pick Chase Elliott. He is our uh, reigning champion and uh, he's going to have a lot of years in this sport with a lot of success. Who's his sponsor? His sponsor is Napa. Okay. All right. Napa. Because, you know, we usually, us ladies, we look, look at the uniforms first. We're like, oh, that's cute. Well, Napa's got classic colors. That blue and gold and white looks yeah. real good. Yes. Awesome to meet you. We're going to have you stick around. And um, after Lloyd chats with Mike, we may have some questions from the audience for you. So, Bob, thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for having me. So, like, just a little inside baseball here. I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina for 20 years, and I am personally Yes, personally shocked that Bob, who lives in Concord, if you don't know that, is a suburb around Charlotte, has never driven on Charlotte Motor Speedway. But I'm going to write that down right here. I actually got to ride on Charlotte Motor Speedway um, in in one of the Hummers before they made them for the public kind of thing. So it was really heavy. And one of the concerns we always had, it was a radio station summer, by the way, you'll be happy to note this, is that that Hummer was really, really heavy. And like, if you didn't stop quick enough, uh, you were not going to stop because it's a military <laughs> Hummer. I mean, you know, this always caused say, a little those bit are of like tanks. Come on, Lloyd. Yeah. Yeah. It, it actually caused some heart palpitations if people <laughs> were not paying attention in traffic because it's all logoed up with the radio station. Right. And here mm-hmm. you go. And if you hit something with that thing, eh, it's lights out. There's no doubt. And there's a meeting back at the radio station. I'm sure you understand. Thank you, Heather. And thank you, Bob. Of course, I want to point out that you can catch Heather on the stream at KFrog on Riverside in Riverside, San Bernardino, any time in the afternoon. She's always doing that. Now, listen up. The Radio Rally is our weekly Monday opportunity to visit with radio in our group, The Encouragers. Make your mark. If you haven't liked or joined The Encouragers, please do it tonight. Uh, We do have at least two events every single week designed to help you grow your radio and audio career. Our next guest is the program director and afternoon talent of 94.7 QDR in Raleigh, North Carolina. Now, listen up. He is kind of a take charge guy. He's one of the, he's got one of the best country brands in North America, bar none. And of course, uh, Mike Biddle is a lot more than just the program director. Those who know him know that he is a steady hand. I don't know how he'll take that. That'll be interesting to get his vibe on that. He's a very even person, always very, very calm and even we'll see if that remains true for this entire interview and of course uh he has a really interesting background that's one of the reasons we wanted him on the radio rally so listen number one after number one rating perfect scores really amazing a lot of positives everywhere for wqdr and a great company behind that great brand mike welcome to the encouragers and specifically to the radio rally how are you sir I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. That's uh, quite an introduction. Shoot, yeah. Well, you've got that big chair. we got to make sure we do a good job. <laughs> Listen, let's start by rolling backwards in time and talk to you about that moment. You know, the moment that we kind of all had. How? What was the moment where you found your way into the radio business? Can you tell us about the experience 
What was it like and where did this happen? Yeah, so I, I got my opportunity when I was in college at Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, where I grew up. And uh, two big radio stations, I would say at that time, were WRVQ, Big Top 40, Flamethrower, and WRXL, which is the big classic rock station. They were both housed in the same building. And I was lucky enough to get my radio start in that building and uh, work with some amazing people, people I grew up listening to, which was a really cool opportunity. You know, to be able to do to be able to do radio as your first gig in your hometown on stations like that is it's pretty awesome. It's pretty great. Now, listen, you mentioned your degree from Virginia Commonwealth University. One of the things I always like to ask radio people is like, hey, man, did that degree prepare you for the path ahead in media and specifically <laughs> in the radio business? Give us a little 411 on that. I mean, real story, uh, real answer. I mean. Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think college in itself, that whole experience um, prepared me for a lot of things. And so I, you know, there were there were definitely things. I was a mass comm major and, you know, you, there were I, I wasn't 100 percent sure that radio was going to be where I ended up when I went into college. But it didn't take long for me to figure out that's where I would end up. Um, OK, but yeah, I, so, you know, I learned some I, I learned some things there that I would say that were were helpful. But I think just the overall experience of college and growing up and just learning life lessons. I mean, I, life is a classroom, so you're you're constantly learning, and so that that experience I, I, I do think it prepared me. That, and I think that's a side of college that people don't really connect with or understand if they don't go through it. It's like it's the relationships. It's the learning to deal with all the multiple priorities. So, listen, here's a quote about you talking about leadership. Are you ready, Mike? <laughs> Mike, a.k.a. Mad Dog, and I worked together for a long time. I have nothing but great things to say about his dedication and focus. You'll have a hard time finding a harder worker or a person to rely on to get things done the right way and in a timely fashion. This is really a two-part question. First, I want to know, how in the world did you get that name Mad Dog? It seems to me that your style, again, steady and even, that doesn't sound like Mad Dog. And, and number two, the number two part of the question is, do you value even and steady leadership? Is that important to you? Yeah. So, you know, people, the, the, how did you get your name question comes up a, a lot. And by now I should have come up with a really interesting story, but it's not that right? interesting. The true story is really not that interesting. It's uh, that Lisa gave me that name. Uh, when I was coming into the market, we had actually settled on a different name that I was going to use. That was actually, and Bob will appreciate this. So <laughs> we were going to call me junior Johnston. Oh, no. Nice. Yeah, and so Johnston, being Johnston County, one of the big big counties in the metro, and a lot of country listening coming from there, and playing off the Junior Johnson name, who of course big mm. big name in NASCAR over the years, and so and I was like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever you want to call me, Lisa, I'm good. Just thanks for the job, and <laughs> just call me, right? <laughs> yeah, just thanks thanks for hiring me. I really appreciate that. Um, and then it was like final seconds, you know, uh, on the clock, and then I'm like within days of starting. And she says, you know what? We're going to change your name. We're not going to call you that. We're going to call you Mad Dog. And I was like, okay. And uh, apparently there was somebody in the market prior to me coming that had used that name. She felt like there was some equity there because uh, that person had been on one of the other uh, competing country brands, uh, Kicks, when Kicks was country uh, oh, yeah. here in the market. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so she decided, let's use that name. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. And, and what yeah. about the leadership question for a guy named Mad Dog? Not only are you this, you're this reasonable guy that's always even. Is that something that? Oh, I see. There's another side <laughs> of you. <laughs> yeah, there, there is. No, you know, I, I definitely have mellowed out uh, in recent years, and I'll be the first to admit. Listen, I was, you know, when you're young and you're in this business, and you, you, you know, you. I was definitely guilty of being maybe a little too confident in my abilities and what I knew and mm. didn't know, uh, didn't know. And, um, I, you know, the, the, the focus part and the dedication, yes, all day. I mean, I, I'm very focused and dedicated and sometimes that get that creates some intensity. Mm. <laughs> so sometimes I, I understand can be little, that. Yeah. So, so sometimes I can be a little intense just because I'm so focused and I've got so much passion for what we're doing and do a all right. So, so listen, you, you know, this it, program director. 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. So, but, but anyway, so there have been times early in my career where I probably would have lived up to that name in in terms of ship stuff. You can see we're having a little vocal integrity. Since getting married and having kids, that'll change your perspective on a lot of things. And so I definitely have, I think have probably lived up to that even steady um, description a little bit more here in recent years. Oh, Mike. Children definitely change who you are, the molecules inside your body, don't don't they? Yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I, <laughs> there used to be nothing other than radio in my life, right? Like, that was it. Right. That was the number one thing in my life. And, and you know, you, you, the moment you hold your child for the first time and uh, everything changes. So. Mm. So let's talk about your other child. You've you've been the program director at WQDR for almost four years now, which is hard to believe. Uh, has WQDR, has it changed in that amount of time? And has Raleigh changed in that period of time? Well, a lot's happened in the four years that I've I've come back to QDR um, in this in this role. You know, I was gone from Curtis Media for about right. a year or so before coming back in, in this role. And got out of radio completely. And I know we're going to talk about that here probably in just a little bit, but, yes. um, you know, we've gone through a lot of changes just from the makeup of our air staff. Um, what, you know, who we had on the radio four years ago is, you know, completely different who we have now. Um, except for Mike Wheelis, who's just been our mainstay morning guy for, for a long time. I won't, I well, won't and say you've how got many a change. Years, but, you, well, and you've got a change going on right now too. We do. And it's changed for the good. And, you know, is um, an opportunity when Janie, our longtime co-host with Mike, um, had after going through this last year and a half that we've all gone through, I think she realized that she needed to reprioritize some things in her life. And so she made a really difficult decision to to kind of take a step back from from radio and, and everything she had put into this job and this station and this lifestyle for so long and focus on being family first. You know, she's got a, a daughter who's not far from being in college. And so she had missed out on being able to take her kids to school to in the mornings and, and doing all the things you do as a parent like that. And um, so as much as we hated to see her go, and, and that was not something we were hoping would happen at all, but we recognized where she was at. We supported her in that decision. She's still with us in a part-time capacity and still a part of the radio station, which we are, are so thankful for. Um, but when you're in a situation like that, you got to look at it as an opportunity as well and not get too right. hung up on what you're, what you're losing and focus on, okay, what can we gain from this? Is this an opportunity for us to do something different in mornings that maybe is time for us to do anyway? And, you know, um, I, I know a lot of people will say this and a lot of people have been in situations trying to find and hire people right now, and it's been difficult mm. and, uh, we've run into some different road roadblocks in, in the process, but um, you know, one thing I learned from Lisa is that you know what will happen will happen, and it'll happen at the right time. And you just gotta you just gotta be patient and not try to force it. And the right person came along at the right time, and so now we have a new morning show co-host, and so we're in a rebranding process, and uh, it's re-energized Mike. It's given us a different different um, experience, listening experience in the morning. It, Mm. It's it's great. It's a fun. This is the fun part of the job, you know, where you get to uh, help develop talent. And this is somebody who's coming into the situation with no radio experience, but she's got entertainment experience. And that's a huge plus. That's right. And, you know, it's interesting. Also, you've got a long time morning show talent. You know, you mix it up with somebody brand new that kind of reinvigorates them a lot of times to kind of. I don't know. It puts a little more bounce in their step. It it, it does. And, and Lloyd, you know, Mike, and, and he is definitely, I mean, he's a radio guy through and through and yeah. by no means is he, as long as he's been doing it, he's not, you know, one of these guys is just like burnt out and just kind of going through the motions. He's still putting in the effort and still doing the things that he knows he needs to do. And, and Amanda coming into the situation um, has re has re-energized him and he's got this different perspective on things. And, you know, she brings a different perspective. So now it gives them the opportunity to, um, you know, do some different content things that, you know, maybe they weren't able to do before. 
That's really great. Listen, one of the things that I really love about researching you and looking in, into you, looking into your background, Mike. Uh, we've, been <laughs> look, we've been looking into your. <laughs> this goes in your permanent record. You know this because it's going to be a podcast, so it's it's permanent. Yeah. It's out there. Okay. I love that you have had a very specific stop in digital. Now you started with Crash Creative, but they rebranded as Heart and Hammer. Can you share your experiences at Heart and Hammer and tell us, you know, about their work a little bit and about your work there and how that might have changed you a little bit? Yeah, so that was a great experience. I mean, I had at that point when I had left radio and Curtis Media to go do that, I was ready for to try something new because I was at that point with having young kids and starting to think about like, is radio going to be something I can maintain long-term or do I need to start thinking about life after radio? And I got to know what could I do <laughs> outside of radio? Cause it's all I've ever done. Right. And it was a natural move for me. I knew, I knew Kelly uh, who was running crash. It was his company yep. and it started out as a radio imaging company. And he and I worked together many, many years ago, uh, when he was first getting started here in Raleigh, and I helped mm. him part-time imaging stations, um, a lot of the Wolf brands and stuff as that was really starting to come around. And over the years, we had just kept in touch and the timing kind of worked out. He had, they were going through this process of taking Crash Creative from just an audio and video production company and turning it into more of a full service marketing agency. And that was really intriguing right. to me. Um, because that was, that was an opportunity where I could come in and, and not feel too much like a fish out of water, but have the opportunity to work with some people I felt comfortable with and learn some things, knowing that I could probably, um, kind of fake it till I made it for a little bit, mm -hmm. um, which was kind of what happened. <laughs> and then, but I learned a lot. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, I think that's just, you know, you, you have to do that. Um, I, I recommend that path a lot, yeah. actually, <laughs> you know, if yeah. you're, look, if you're a good person, that's what you look for when you hire somebody is somebody who's a good person, somebody who is not only a good person, but somebody who's excited, who's curious, who wants to contribute. And then you yeah. teach them the path, right? You, you, you can teach a lot of things. You just got to yes. find the right person to who's willing to go through that process. And if you find the right people and that's, you know, we've, we've done that a lot over the years here at Curtis, um, Janie being one, our, our, our previous morning show co-host. I mean, she won a radio contest to be the co-host of the morning show and then turned that into mm -hmm. a 15-year career winning CMAs and ACMs. So uh, that worked out pretty well. And now we're going to go through that process again with Amanda. And we, we feel strongly that that will have the same result and, and same success um, pattern. But, yeah, I mean, it, it is finding the, about finding the right people. And I think anybody who's gone through the process over the last year, year and a half of trying to hire people, it's been increasingly diff more difficult that mm. when you do find that person, when you do find somebody that you just feel that strong about, you figure it out. You get them in and you figure it out. Well, and, and in a morning show situation, there's so many things to be worried about. The chemistry, you know, if you don't get the chemistry right, oh, your life is going to be a nightmare. You know this, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean. Well, and, and that's why, you know, we were we originally focused our search mornings about we were looking within the industry first because we wanted to find somebody who understood right. the lifestyle of mornings and really got it because, you know, we were we didn't want to run into the risk of, you know, finding somebody who thought, yeah, this would be great. How much fun could this be? And then you get in and they realize, wow, there's more work than I expected it to be. And yeah. there's all this other stuff you got to do. And right. But when you find the the right person with the right mix of personality and work ethic and, and all the other things you're looking for, then I think that it, it's a it's a calculated risk you can take. You know? That's right. So, um, all right. But yeah, so that. You, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, show, I mean, ahead. look, I, <laughs> no, it's your show. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, but it's all about you, Mike. So that's that's where the challenge comes in. It's actually for people who have not done this, you know, you can tell there's a there's a like a warble here between us on Clubhouse. It's part of their audio. That's not I mean, it's great. It's good, but it's not it's not what we're used to in the radio business for sure. OK, yeah. So listen, for many of us who knew Lisa McKay, it, you know, it was a real blow. I, for somebody like me, I'd known her for so many years. I, I was so devastated. I couldn't believe it was true. We watched that develop so rapidly. 
it had to be a hundred times worse inside Curtis Media and WQDR, where she had so much impact. That team really came together. Uh, what was it like to work with Lisa, and and how have you used those experiences and and taken your team onward and upward, especially after such a blow? Yeah, I mean, talk about not believing that it really happened. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. There's days where I don't think I've fully processed <laughs> what happened and that she's, mm. you know, that she's gone, um, because there's such a big piece of her still in that building. You know, like oh really? Is, she, oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we've got her Hall of Fame plaque in the hallway, so we pass it every day, and that's for good reason because there are oh, so yeah. many things that we don't want to forget when it can't when it comes to her. And for me, I, I made the choice and. Some people might say, "Oh, I wouldn't have done that," but I, I'm I'm in her office. I'm in, which is now my office, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. I made that choice. I wanted to be in that. That's the office. That's that's the that's the captain's chair for WQDR, and so I, I decided I decided to keep that, and I kept some of her memorabilia on the wall that you know to remind me of some of our experiences together over the years, and some of the things that made her so great that have helped make me, you know, given me the opportunity to be where I'm at, and so many others, and so. Yeah, huge blow, without a doubt. Um, and the team at I was actually not working with Curtis at the time when it happened. That's that was right. During, That's right. That was during my little sabbatical and my little uh, experiment with going to work for that digital agency. And um, so, but the team did come together in such a huge way, and they handled it so well. And I listened so much to the station those those weeks after, and man, they just did an amazing job of just doing what exactly what she would have wanted. And that's the show must go on. I think it's hard. Yeah. I think it's hard for people out of that market to understand how special that group of people is and, and how much Curtis media puts into WQDR. It's really an amazing operation because of the work, because of the people and, and because of the, I don't know, what would you say? The fiber of it? Yeah. You know, it, 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 We've always been given. We the great thing with working for for Curtis Media and Don Curtis is that you know he does give us the tools to do the things that we need to do to to do great radio, and right. WQDR has been the flagship station of of in that building for a long time, and we've got some other brands right now doing some amazing things now in the market and really starting to come into their own, and so. Now we've nice. got some stiff competition in the building, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it's been such an amazing brand from the moment Lisa came in and then I came, she hired me not long after she took the job. And, you know, the, I remember the day when, when Rusty came to town, Rusty Walker, our, mm. our, our consultant for such a long time. And oh, man, yes. talk about, you know, working with those two, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty lucky guy. Um, there's no doubt. Yeah. And I remember sitting in the conference room and we sat down and we had a, it was his market visit and we sat down and we said, what do we need to do to make WQDR a legendary radio station? And we mapped it out. And I think we still have those notes, those big dryer, you know, big poster uh, board notes and stuff that we were hanging on the walls and all the things that we needed to do. Uh, We still got them somewhere. Yeah, I know we do. Um, and because that <laughs> we came up with the plan, the, 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 the map to, to get us there. And we, we kept following every process that Rusty threw at us and, and Lisa, you know, the, the, the ideas that she had and, and that brought, she brought that, you know, kind of challenged Rusty too, in some ways. And they, you know, that was so great about their relationship is that, you know, he learned from her, I think as much as she learned from him. And mm. it was, um, it was great, man. So just to be able to be a part of that from, from that point. And then I was, I was there for five years. I left for a little bit, came back and to be able to see where the station was when I left and where it evolved to when I came back was just tremendous. You sound like me, you, you would pull those notes out and take a look and see where have we been and how do how do I catch up and, and then take the radio station where it's supposed to go next. Right. Well, yeah. And so you have to, um, we've done that. We've, we've gone back, we've looked at that and then we've said, mm-hmm. okay, now how does this roadmap need to change now? We're based on where we're at, where the current environment is, how has the market changed? You know, COVID obviously has changed so many things. Oh. We're not really, sh- we don't know what the long-term effects really are going to be yet from that. Um, right. So you got to be careful not to make too many drastic changes. I think right now, because 
you know, those might not be quite needed to that degree, but I think we all know right now that listening habits have changed. They will continue to change. And we are going to have to start thinking of different ways and be a little bit more inventive and, and start maybe changing the playbook a little bit. And that playbook well, people, we've been going by for a long time is, is it's an older playbook. And so we've got to, we got to update it a little bit. Well, I do believe in that. And look, people don't know how complicated your market is. You have some pretty interesting, you have an interesting mix of people in that market that you're serving. So I think you're, you're very smart to be cautionary in this respect. Yeah, you know, and obviously, I mean, I, I think a lot of people who are in the room right now who are on the programming side and, and mm-hmm. looking at Nielsen ratings every month or every three months or yeah. more often, I mean, <laughs> the challenge is there is like, you know, what, how much of that do you believe, especially when you have a big high and, and a big low from month to month and this and that. And right. I think at the end of the day, you got to trust that your brand is as strong as you know it is or believe it to be. And That's right just do great radio, do things that you do to be a winning radio station, which, you know, luckily we've got a lot of people in the building that, that know how to do that. And, um, as much as I am in that, that chair, you know, leading the, leading the, the programming team, it is a collaborative effort. You know, we've got a lot of people that are involved in the process and, um, you know, I think there's, there's something, everyone has something to contribute. That's exactly right. I think they're very fortunate to have you there. You've played right into my hands with this talk about Lisa and then Rusty Walker. On the encouragers, <laughs> we we like to talk about mentors. And, and since you've already named those, um, you might use those. You might use somebody else. I don't know. Can you name one or two mentors and maybe share one story of how they maybe changed your professional life? Uh, I don't know how I not just say Lisa and Rusty. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. It's hard, right? Yeah. I mean, it'd be hard. I mean, there are, there have been people that I've worked with over the years that everyone has had uh, a part to play in my progress and and my development and my ability to get, you know, where I'm at now. And so there's a lot of people that have come along the way and, and I'll even go back to my early, my, my first years of radio um, in Richmond where Lisa gave me my first, first opportunity Mm-hmm. Uh, and the guy who was doing nights and was one of her APDs and music directors, his name's Paul McDaniel, and he's programming in Harrisonburg, Virginia right now for uh, Saga. Um, you know, he was a big part. He played a big role in, in helping me learn radio and training me up and, and giving me opportunities, letting me come hang out at his remotes and, you know, teaching me the music part of it. And um, so he played a role in my development. Um, the first morning show I got a chance to work with, Jeff Wicker which was a great morning show in RVQ uh, in Richmond mm. for a long time. And uh, he's actually in Richmond now working for a different brand, but uh, still doing some great radio. And, uh, but some of the, some of the old school part-timers that were at RVQ at the time um, had been full-time guys back in like seventies and eighties. And, you know, in those hate that heyday of radio and the big boss jock era types. No. Oh, yeah. These guys were still doing weekends on the station. And so I would hang out with them and I just listen to these stories they would tell and I would absorb and learn things. And, you know, I just, I, I, I really try to absorb um, things from everybody I, I come in contact with and, and, you know, any, anything good that I can pick up, I, I'm willing to, to take it. That's nice. You know, I, I actually got to play a hidden role in Lisa's life. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but I was pretty far along with her. I found her. She was out of work, if you could believe that. And and she and I kind of hit it off. And I wanted her to do mornings for me down in Charleston, South Carolina. And we got close talking about that, you know, and she goes, you know, I don't, I don't see that you're seeing the value. And I said, I am totally, I see who you are (laughs) and I know that this is correct. And so I, I really had her convinced to come and then QDR showed up Yeah, and she called me and she said, what do I do? And I said, well, let's talk it out and let's talk about it. You know? And she goes, well, you know, I really hadn't done country and I hadn't, you know, and da, 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 da. And I go, listen to me. I go, if that's your reservation, you could forget it right now. You would be perfect for this. I said, as a matter of fact, the more we talked about it, I finally just said, I have to let you go. And she goes, <laughs> what do you mean? And I go, how can I stand in the way of this? This is the 
perfect opportunity for you. You are going to be great at this, you know, and she and I always had that little bond, you know, Mike, let's talk about the future just a little bit. As you know, in the encouragers, uh, we call ourselves the encouragers for a reason. Can you encourage others listening to this right now, or if they're, they're going to listen on the podcast, of course, uh, when this episode goes live, can you talk to them about how to encourage a strong career path, especially for on-air talent in our business today? Well, you got to have the passion for it, first off. You, you got to really know what you're getting into, and you got to really right. love it and really embrace it and everything that goes along with that. Because it does require, it's not a Monday through Friday, nine to five, you know, no weekends type of thing. I mean, you got to put the work in. And you got to understand that and be willing to do it. Um, and I, you know, that, that, that's why anytime I come across somebody who's got that kind of that, that fire in their eye, something similar to what I had when I was, you know, coming up in the business and looking for the opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I try to latch onto those people as much as can, I can and, and try to recruit them in. Um, but you got to have the passion for it and you got to be willing to check your ego. As, as, right. as much as you think you are just so ready for prime time and you're, you know, you're ready for the big shift and this and that. I mean, you, you got to go through the process and be willing to go through the process and understand why, because it's just going to make you better in the long term. But I think radio is really poised right now for success. And I, I was on a, uh, another podcast recently. We were talking about the same thing. And I think radio is in a great position. You know, whether some people want to believe that or not, I really do. Audio consumption is at a as at a all time high right now, I'd say. And you know, who's supposed to be better than that than anybody? Radio. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean Well, so. and look, to be honest with you, we have what everybody wants, which is a mass audience. Yeah. I mean, you talk to an influencer, I mean look. It's all cool and amazing what they're doing until you get right down to it. If you were to offer them a radio job in your market, they would probably jump at it. Jump at it. Yeah. And they're, you know, but unfortunately, we've we've got to do better to create the opportunities for people to feel like they're going to get a real shot. You know, and where they're going to be able to come in, they're going to get the mentorship that they need. You know, they're going to get somebody who has the time to sit down with them every week, air check and really dig in deep and get get in the dirt and, you know, in the details of everything. And and I'm a I'm a I'm a detail kind of person when it comes the the littlest things I will I will hear and I will point out. And to me, those are the things that make the difference. Um, That's right. and And coaching can make a huge difference in our business. Well, right now, I would say and I'm guilty of this, too. We're just so we're wearing so many hats these days, mm. and that one seems to be the one that doesn't quite take, you know, the the is not quite at the top of the list of things I got to do on a daily basis, and that's unfortunate because that's that's how we're going to build the next generation. We got to create those opportunities. We got to be willing to put forth the effort to to develop the talent, and right. you know that's that that's the only thing I think right now is is the hurdle, and we're kind of getting on our own way with that. Well, we've got to be able to value things like coaching and what coaching can do for our talent, not just for the future, but for the now. Right. Well, right. And and think about this. I mean, you can consume music anywhere. Right. I mean, that's right. Right. So for radio and a music radio format, you do have to have the right music. You you know, if you're going to play country, you got to make sure you're you're playing the right country. That's right. You're researching your playlist and you're doing you're making good decisions there. But. What we do between the music is that much more important now than I think it ever has been, because that will ultimately differentiate us from everything else that's out there. People want to hear a song and we're not playing it. They'll go find it somewhere. But, you know, for for a local radio station like us, too, and a local company, this is where we have a great opportunity. You know, we've got we've got the people. We've got the leadership that supports it. You know, we've got to be better in between the music and we've got to put more focus on content and, and being better there. So you are a smart guy, Mike. I want to thank you for being our guest. I hope you'll stick around for a moment in case our audience has a question or two for you. Does that sound fair? Yeah, I'm good with that. 
All right. Every single week, we have visits from radio pros from different parts of the country. We do it for a single reason. We are here to encourage you and encourage anyone making a living in the radio business today. This is also where you can come and hear from people who you might not ordinarily hear in an intimate setting talk about radio right now, and you can meet them in our Clubhouse event. So if you're listening to this in the podcast, know that the live event offers you a little bit something different. Follow the people on the stage at this live event. Look around the room uh, in case you want to connect with some other folks to network with tonight. Our purpose is to encourage, and networking is a big part of encouraging your radio career. Don't forget, next Monday, October 25th, Erica Farber will be with us. She's the president and CEO of the Radio Advertising Bureau in Los Angeles. So be sure that you know you make a connection with your sales manager, your market manager, and tell them that Erica is going to be on with us. It's going to be kind of fun for us to spend some time with her. Of course, you do not want to miss that. We are here on Clubhouse every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Just to encourage you, we are going to open up the room in case there are questions from you for our guest. All you have to do is push the little uh, button at the bottom that uh, it actually has a little hand that looks like a notepad. Uh, I always say it should look like a smartphone, but, you know, what are you going to do, right? We'll bring you up to the stage if you're so inclined to do so. Uh, We do ask that you mute your microphone until we call on you. Check in anytime for the latest updates as we continue to add more guests to both of our live events every single week. We publish our full updated schedule at RainmakerPathway.com. That's also where you can get fresh and free resources to encourage you or anyone in the radio business. It's right on our website at RainmakerPathway.com. And there's lots and lots of content for you. We care about the people in the radio business. Look for our free blog section and get the hookup and share with friends. Also, don't forget that on Wednesdays on Clubhouse Live is our innovation in audio with Skip Dillard from WBLS and Hot 97 in New York City. As usual, we'll have two guests, but just like normal on innovation in audio, only one will be from radio itself. That's the one that Skip Dillard usually brings. The other one is usually someone who handles and works consistently with innovation itself, and they may or may not be tied directly to radio or even audio itself. They are there to share innovation and how it works. It's our way of getting a different creative perspective about change, about creativity, and of course, about innovation. This Wednesday, just two days away on our uh, live innovation and audio event, we will feature Leslie Armstrong, who is a social media strategist with stream companies in Nashville, Tennessee. You want to know the secrets about social media? We're going to break it down. We're going to talk about it. It's going to be really interesting, and you'll definitely want to be here for that. So let's talk questions for our guest. Mike or Bob, of course, uh, I, I, I must say that I have the first one for Bob. Bob, what surprises people about NASCAR when they first become an affiliate? What would you say surprises people? I would, boy, um, I think just how we service them, honestly. There's a, you oh, know, I and, I, and I don't want to knock any other syndicator or anything along those lines. Um, but since you know we've been around for fifty years, and uh, we we set people up for success, um, not just for for the sales part of it, which is really my background, but just for the actual uh, execution of the product um, and to make it sound good uh, on the radio station and how to promote it, and um, from things like you know we 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 write tweets. Um, so that people don't have to, so they can just, um, you know, uh, <laughs> cut and paste really? them. And it's, yeah, and it's got all the hashtags and all the official handles and all that stuff. So, you know, it makes them look like that they've done the research and they've done all that stuff to be able to promote our product on, on their airwaves to their listeners. Um, you know, we have, we, we've, we've, we've produced television commercials that can be editable and, and, and used to, mm. to, um, to promote the product. So it's just, uh, it's just from A to Z we, we've done everything to make it easy so that all they have to worry about is going out and selling it and making money. Nice. Nice. Well, Mike, I've got a question for you too. What surprised you about Raleigh and COVID, especially being on the air and, 
And what do you think you've you've learned in this process? Because you know we've all learned some things. <laughs> yeah, that's um. What have I learned about Raleigh? That's um. That's a good question. I mean, it, I will say Raleigh is in this whole area is mm-hmm. in just a huge growth mode. And, right. you know, we've and got, has been forever, right? It has been, but even more so here. And in, in, in even during COVID, it's still a lot of people moving in because we've got mm-hmm. companies like Apple announcing they're going to build a $3 billion campus. And, you know, there's a lot of companies and businesses that are locating, relocating here. And, and our skyline is starting to look similar to, uh, to Nashville in the sense when you go downtown Raleigh, uh, there's a lot of construction going on. Uh, there's a lot of stuff being built. And so we're definitely in growth mode right now. And because of that, you know, we have to remember, you know, even though we're this storied brand here in the market, there's right. people moving here that have no idea, you know, who we are, or the history of the radio station and stuff. So, you know, that that's always a constant reminder and something that we're having to re- you know remind ourselves like, you know, hey, we got to make sure that we're, you know, as much as we can puff out our chest and say we're WQDR, we got to make sure we're, 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 we're doing the right things and educating people and introducing people to the radio station because we're getting, we're getting first time listeners every day. Well, Mike, I got to tell you, one of the great revealing things about interviewing you on today's live broadcast is how humble a guy you are. And the same could be said of, of Bob and how focused you are on your customers and, and trying to take care of them. And of course, Mike, that for you is largely listeners, of course. Well, listen, we do try to keep things to about an hour. One of the great things about our live events is that you can listen. No one is required to ask questions. Sometimes people get a little shy about that. We're okay with that. Thank you for joining us every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Radio Rally. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Radio Rally, email me, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope that you have a great week. This is our bounce for your Monday, right? We'd like to say at Rainmaker Pathway and on the Radio Rally, once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. A big thank you to Heather Froglier for being such a great uh, co-host for this event. She makes this so easy for us. Our thanks to Mike Biddle and Bob Quick for being our patient and giving guests. A special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. And of course, that's going to be available any minute uh, wherever you get your podcast. It'll start on uh, Facebook as we'll share the link, of course, but it'll be uh, wherever you subscribe to your podcast. And uh, of course, we highly recommend it. Uh, And Thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Please do share our podcast, the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, and the Encouragers Innovation and Audio podcast with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in audio. Both podcasts are available on Apple, Spotify, Audible, and wherever you get your podcast. Please remember that I said this. Be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally and the Encouragers, and good night.